Hello, I'm Aaron Lohr, and this is the Endocrine News Podcast. Today we're talking about a fascinating study about the endocrine-disrupting chemicals known as phthalates. The study was presented at ENDO 2023 and is titled, Prenatal Phthalate Exposure Alters the Pattern of Fetal and Neonatal Endocrine Puberty in a Sex-Specific Manner. Joining me to talk about it is one of the study authors, Mary Bunnell from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Thank you for being here today, Mary. Thank you, Aaron, for this opportunity to discuss my work today. Great. We're happy to have you. What are phthalates? Where can they be found? And what do we know about how they can impact our health? Phthalates are man-made chemicals that are added to a very wide variety of products that humans use and come in contact with on a daily basis. These include many different kinds of plastic products, as well as cosmetics and personal care products. And humans are exposed to them constantly, and that's why we were really interested in these chemicals for this study. The reason they're used is to make plastic more flexible as a solvent, really for textural purposes and cosmetics and things like that. And so this could include anything from PVC products and vinyl that's used in our homes and flooring, industrial and building materials, food containers where we store foods, children's toys, medical tubing and bags, and these chemicals are rapidly metabolized in the body. However, because we're exposed daily, they're constantly in our body, and we're constantly exposed to different mixtures and combinations of different types of phthalates that are all under the same family of chemicals. And these are concerning for human health because they're endocrine-disrupting chemicals. And so they can negatively affect the normal function of our body's endocrine systems particularly the reproductive system, which we are interested in in this study. And the way that they do this is by mimicking or blocking the normal actions of hormones that are found in our body. So when humans are exposed, these systems may be disturbed, and that can lead to a variety of different health problems. When you named all the places where phthalates can be found, it's pretty much things that are around me every day of my life and probably the same for a lot of the folks who are listening to the podcast today. So we're not meant to be alarming, but we want everybody to know that we're talking about something that's going to have a wide effect on a lot of people. A lot of studies are being done on phthalates, but your study specifically is looking at the impact of phthalates on endocrine puberties. And in my study for you, what do you mean by endocrine puberties? In this study, we referred to endocrine puberties as particular times during development in males and females when key sex hormones are elevated nearly to the adult level. These elevations in hormones are very critical to their development and they lay the foundation for many sex differences. For example, sex differences of the brain neurons. In males, this key hormone is testosterone and in females it's estrogen. So the most well-known of these endocrine puberties is the classical puberty that many of the listeners would probably be familiar with. And this has many outward physical effects. We gain the ability to reproduce at this time. So that's why the classical puberty would be most well-known. However, prior to that, 
There are two other endocrine puberties. One is the fetal endocrine puberty, which occurs during mid-gestation, and the next is the neonatal endocrine puberty, occurring immediately after birth. And at these times, estrogen in females and testosterone levels in males are high, just as they are in the classical puberty. However, we do not have the same obvious outward physical effects as classical puberty, but the importance of these are that they lay the foundation for future development of the reproductive system and establish sex differences. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your study? So we used mice as an animal model in this study. We chose mice because they also undergo fetal, neonatal, and classical endocrine puberties just as humans do. So we thought that this would be a great model to tell us a little bit more about how phthalates might impact these processes in humans. We wanted to investigate the endocrine puberty for several different reasons, but mainly because if the fetal or neonatal endocrine puberties are disturbed, humans or mice may be at a greater risk of having certain types of reproductive abnormalities later in life. They may not be evident until adulthood, until that classical puberty should happen, and then we would notice problems with that at that time. Our hypothesis was that after being prenatally exposed to phthalates during pregnancy, the male and female offspring would have a different impact on the normal patterns of these fetal and neonatal endocrine puberties. To test this hypothesis, pregnant mice were orally dosed with an environmentally relevant phthalate mixture, which was formulated based on the level of phthalates that are actually found in humans. The other group of mice received a control vehicle that contained no known endocrine disrupting chemicals. The dosing was from embryonic day 10.5 until fetal endocrine puberty or when the mouse gave birth. After this, the fetal and neonatal endocrine puberty hormones were measured by ELISA. During the fetal and neonatal endocrine puberties, the male and female testosterone or estradiol was measured per individual mouse. We also collected the testis or ovaries and the liver along with other tissues to allow us to further investigate any findings from these hormonal measurements that we made. For the analysis, we compared the control males to exposed males and control females to exposed females in order to identify any sex-specific effects of the phthalates. And now comes the part I think everyone's waiting for. What did you find? And did anything in your findings surprise you? I'll start with the fetal endocrine puberty. We found that at this time, the males had a slightly elevated testosterone after the phthalate exposure. However, the amount of testosterone that we measured in their testis was not different between the groups. And in the females, we saw that they had a significantly lower level of testosterone. And then, during the neonatal endocrine puberty, there was no difference found in the male testosterone levels. And we measured estradiol in the females at this time. Six hours after birth, the estradiol level was significantly lower in the females who were exposed to phthalates. This was an interesting finding because many of the studies in phthalates are in males, so we do know a lot more about how they impact male reproductive health. So it was surprising to see that the females were more sensitive during the fetal and neonatal endocrine puberties 
during these sensitive windows that we were investigating. So based on this observation that females had lower levels of hormones at both of these times and the males appeared to be less affected, we hypothesized that it could be due to their liver metabolism. The liver has a very key role in the reproductive system. It's highly involved in regulating the amount of sex hormones that are in circulation and it can also remove them to be excreted from the body. It also has a very different functions between males and females and is influenced by sex hormones. In addition to these things, it undergoes major development around the times of both fetal and neonatal endocrine puberty. We used RNA sequencing technology with the liver so that we collected from our experiment to analyze the gene expression in the liver at these times. The females appear to have increased metabolic genes that could indicate that females were removing these sex hormones at a rapid rate. And your study is looking particularly at mice, so I, I do have to ask, why should we humans take note? Research has shown in both mice and humans that the level of hormones during these fetal and neonatal endocrine puberties is connected to the likeliness of having certain reproductive abnormalities at the time of puberty and later in life. That could tell us that since the endocrine puberty of our mice in our study was disturbed after their mothers were being exposed to phthalates, it's possible that the same effect will be seen in humans. Mm. We can't do this type of study in humans, but humans should take note because we can learn things from mice as an animal model. And I would recommend for humans during pregnancy women may consider taking extra precaution to avoid exposure to these chemicals. So you're right, we can't do these studies in people that wouldn't necessarily be ethical, but it seems like there's still some research we'd like to do. So what research still needs to be done to better understand the impact of phthalates on human health? So as I mentioned previously, we do know a lot more about how these impact males. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that Males require testosterone during development for masculinization. And so when they're exposed during gestation, as the mice were during our study, they could be more likely to have developmental impacts on their genital development, things like that. That would be more obvious. So I believe that that's part of the reason why we know more about how it affects males. But that does leave a knowledge gap in what we know about how these chemicals affect females. And so that's why this study is so interesting and surprising that we saw a greater effect in females at these times. And we do need more studies in females to understand later in life how these affect women differently and the mechanisms of why that's happening. Absolutely fantastic. We're just about out of time. But I want to thank you so much, Mary, for sharing your work with us today. Thank you so much, Aaron. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. And that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Would you like to hear more about new research in endocrine-disrupting chemicals? I'm hoping you said yes. And if you did, the Endocrine Society held a news conference at Endo 2023 featuring three great presentations, including one from today's guest, Mary Bunnell. We'll include a link to a video recording of that news conference in today's episode description. Until next time, thanks for listening. Endocrine News Podcasts are a free service of the Endocrine Society. To learn more or to become a member, 
visit the Society's website at www.endocrine.org.